Yes. Uh, yeah, we're talking about being, being flexible in spiritual life. Um, doesn't it, is there a point where it starts to get dangerous and you start to compromise? I don't mean that you should be flexible and flirt with maya. <laughs> I don't mean by being... You should be willing to change when your Guru Dev says, do this, change that, don't think like that. You should be willing to change, be flexible. Hmm? Now your heart is atrophied. You have your own ideas. And you're a little interested in Krishna consciousness. If you want to come in the fold of this, then Guru Dev would say, be flexible. Bend. Be humble. Mahaprabhu said it himself. Trinada pisuni chena. We say this verse. I live in the forest. I ask the devotees when they come there, and I quote this verse. Have you seen any trees? Have you seen any grass? So much grass, so many trees. Does this verse come to your mind ever when you see a tree? Does this verse come to your mind ever when you see a plate of grass? Ever. Has it ever? Have you ever looked at the blade of grass? And this verse has come to your mind. That way it came to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mind. The world was, the environment was speaking to him. He didn't sit down to write some poetry. The environment spoke to him. Why are you not humble like me? The tree said, why are you not tolerant like me? Why are you looking for honor for yourself instead of giving honor to others? Only if you change, become flexible, Will you be able to chant Krishna Nam? Is this not your objective? The world spoke to him like that. He wrote it down. <laughs> the world is speaking to us, actually. It's not all in the book. Ujjanastan chayanaso. What is that verse? Ayurharati vaipumsam ujjanastan chayanaso. What could be more powerful of, uh, voice to us in the rising and setting of the sun every day? What is it saying to us? Ayurharati, your life is being taken away, as you know it. Your sense of self, based on impulses gathered by the senses, related to the mind, we develop a world in which we live of goods and bads, happies and sads, I like this, I don't like that. We're all living in our sovereign domain, mental world, erected by the help of the senses, in touch with sense objects. Very small world very uncomfortable but we want everyone else to live inside of it even though we're not comfortable there the only thing that's comforting and it's a false comfort is it allows us to think we're important we're big in such a small world come out of that you have to come out of that make some change rising and setting the sun saying your life that life is, take, is being taken away there's a there's a there's a beauty in the material world, and it's the, the profoundness with which it speaks and, it, and the way that it moves. It's not independent in its movement. Bhagwan is behind that. There must be a message in that. Look and see. Ayurharati vaipum san. But Bhagavatam says, Ujjana astani, what is it? Ayurharati vaipum san, Ujjana astani, so. But there's an exception whose life will not be taken away. Uttama Shloka Vartaya, who's spending his time talking about Uttama Shloka, Krishna. That means who's described in beautiful poetry. You can't talk about him 
at, in, in, comprehensively. You have to revert to poetry to speak about him at best. Language of love. So, I mean flexible. I mean you have to change. You have to become humble. You have to live and think and as you walk, and what is the world saying to me? What is the message? Be a sadhaka. Not that you... Be flexible. They used to say in a... in this <laughs> in a, early days, mellow is Maya. <laughs> of course, they, <laughs> it was a little extreme sometimes in the way that they applied that. But you know, Be strict in your practice. But you may be broad-minded. That means also that, that you will accommodate differences amongst devotees. Everyone doesn't have to do it exactly like you. You have your Gurudev and you will follow that. And others have their Gurudev. We have the distinct advantage as people from the Western world and, uh, and, and uh, uh, being exposed, as we are, to so many different Gaudiya sects. Even in a small place like this, you get on the Internet and you can relate with so many different sects. And that should help you, if you're thoughtful, to see what is essential in all of this and what is relative. What is relative may be essential for others, if your Gurudev says, only wear this color cloth, then you should take that seriously. That will be essential for you. But if another Gurudev says, you wear this color cloth, then if you have the advantage of that broader perspective, you can say, oh, that's important for him. This is important. There are other things that are important for both of us, besides the color of the cloth, for example. Like, do not chena. You have to become humble and attend to your practice and all these things. I have gone to different, uh, in Brajmandal, in, in different sects, and I, sometimes they say things like that to me. Oh, you shouldn't do like this, you shouldn't do like that. And I know that Gurudev has told them it's very important for them, and they've, they've heard it, they haven't heard it any other way. Hmm? They haven't seen it applied in any other way or any other circumstance. So I say, yes, yes, certainly I will change that. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I don't argue with them I know it's important to them but it, it, I can understand it. it's not that important to me there are other things that are important to me and those things are also important to them so we have an advantage like that in a sense so another question yes how, how you should deal between other sects how you should deal with other sects? Yeah. Well, I'm saying that. Uh, Gaudiya sects? Gaudiya Vaishnav sects? How you should deal with other Gaudiya Vaishnav sects? With respect? If they are teaching things that are, that are not being taught to you, but you are making progress, and you can feel that in your own sect, then you don't have to think that they're wrong necessarily. If you can see others in that sect are also making progress, you should, what did they say? Palena parichit, you judge by the fruit. If you can see there are advanced devotees there, then even they do things differently, you should honor them. That's what I mean by being generous. Unfortunately, there are neophytes in all of these sects, and so they are fond of making 
much out of nothing sometimes and going to war over that. That is a problem. But we don't have to partake in that. You're a young man just coming to this in recent years, I take it, right? Yeah. Yes, well, go in with it. Enter this with an open heart and know there are devotees in different sects. I've, met, I've seen many sects and I've seen um, advanced devotees in all sects. So what am I to conclude from that? But I'm very much follower of my own sect. <laughs> that is, I have results from that, so why should I be concerned to change my position? If you're getting results, I have some good results, very encouraging results. I never found a point that I was not encouraged by the results. I was discouraged by some aspects of the mission of Prabhupada's after he left in particular, but, and therefore I'm not in it, but I am his disciple, as you know. So be honor devotees. Is that clear? Yes. You've been talking about a lot about opening our hearts to um, Krishna and removing all the doubts, but um, we have so many doubts about ourselves and the philosophy and, and our possibilities to ever become proper devotees. How can these doubts be removed in the best way? Well, doubts are removed by by good uh, good instructions, and and um, we should have some basic faith in Scripture. And then our Gurudev uh, should explain Scripture to us in such a way that our doubts are removed. If we have the basic faith in Scripture, then He does His work to explain the Scripture to us. And it says this, you have no reason to be discouraged, for example. Then we shouldn't be discouraged. We should think, there's hope for me. Why not? Why should you think like that? That you you don't have so much a doubt of the philosophy, as I understand it, but a doubt that you'll ever be able to apply the philosophy in such a way that you can be successful. But rest assured, uh, this philosophy is not um, not a lifeless thing, a dead thing. It has a, 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 it's alive, it has an agenda, and you are on the agenda. So we will go after you. Shiramaj <laughs> Pujapachidamaj gave a nice uh, example. He told once that there were two constables, policemen in India. One said to the other, it's a real problem that our God, Krishna, is a thief. After all, they're trying to stop people from stealing, and and the god is a thief. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the other one said, "No, it is, it is. That's a good thing." How is that a good thing? He said, "Because thief does not care for locked doors and high walls, and and that is exactly what we've encased our heart in: high walls and locked doors. But Krishna Nam is aggressive; has an agenda. He's going out." to capture us. Um, if we hear Krishna Nam through the ear, coming from the heart of a Vaishnav, then he will go after us. And devotees find that. Even they try to get away from this, they find Krishna coming after them in one way or another. Some of you may have had, had the experience. So that side is there. Be encouraged. It's a gradual process. You should think like this. My Gurudev cares about me. You know, I came here because of you. <laughs> so, you should think, 
my Gurudev cares about me. What do I have to care about? <laughs> what do I have to worry about? You'll be successful. Uh, it may take a little time, gradual, but you'll be successful. I will make sure. What else? Yes. You mentioned how the subject matter of bhaktis in is most confidential and how it shouldn't be spoken to those who are uh, not faithful, etc. And, I mean, that is, in fact, even the second operata against the holy name. So, you've been around for quite a while and seen the world and done preaching and seen a lot of preaching done as well. And I'm sure we all know that sometimes this message of bhakti, although most confidential, has been practically, you know, pushed down people's throats, so to say. So, I'd be curious to hear of your observations on the ramifications of breaching this guideline, both on the individual level, that means on the part of the preacher and on the broader scale, on the global scale, what, you know, the ill effects of not complying with this guideline, so to say. Huh. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I think is that there are different levels of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and uh, there is the general a panacea for everyone in the form of Namsan Kirtan. And if we become qualified through Namsan Kirtan, then uh, we can enter into more confidential aspects of the culture of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Chetta Dapana Marjanam, Baba Mahadavaganina Babram, Nenshaya Kairapa Chandrika Bhutaranam. Not that you will wait till you liberate it, but proportionate to the cleansing of the heart. It's not a prohibition. We cannot hear the higher topic or go there, but we can't practically <laughs> take advantage of it hmm? uh, to the extent that our heart is cluttered. Hmm? So, um, it is one point that comes to mind with regard to my Guru Maharaj's campaign of wide, uh, wide canvassing. You know, he was a bit uh, tight-lipped about um, his own preoccupation in Gaudiya Vaishnavism and like to speak in, 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 in very general terms Pujapad Siddhamarsh compared him to Nityananda Prabhu's campaign which you know he did almost force people <laughs> against their will <laughs> to take Krishna consciousness <laughs> he made it very difficult Mahaprabhu wanted to give to everyone and for that purpose he took sannyas but the sannyas also carried with it some limitations Sannyasi cannot go everywhere and anywhere without becoming suspect in his whole sannyas being in question. So through Nityananda Prabhu he went everywhere, went places he could not go. And practically he uh, almost forced people. What does Vrindamandas Thakur say? Vrindamandas Mahashai says, Krishna Chaitanya, he gave the love of God to anyone who asked for it and Nityananda Prabhu gave to the people who refused it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even he's my, he's devotee of Nityananda Prabhu, Pindamandas Thakur. So those suckers, they talk like this sometimes. It is, um, it is um, birarasa. Uh, um, some uh, augmenting their sakiras with birarasa, making a challenge, wanting to fight. In 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 bhava, they may say. And if they don't take the Krishna consciousness, we'll drop the bomb on them. <laughs> My Guru Maharaj was a little aggressive. 
He said that the temples would be like places when we go out and drop bombs. He was talking about books for the most part. Palm them with the Bhagavatam. He told if they just touch the book, then they will be, they will, they will, their lives will be changed. Yasmin pati shlokam avadhavati Even the it may be imperfectly composed in terms of Sanskrit poetics, and there may be some fault. Still, one sloka will change your life. He used to extend it. One, one word will change your life. Then he would say, even if they touch the book, he had this kind of sentiment, uh, the, the insight of Pujapatrida Marsh with regard to his avesh. I was very, uh, is compelling. Nityananda Prabhu wanted to get to everyone. Vrindavan Das Thakur says, my Guru Maharaj was said sometimes in walking, morning walk, his famous morning walk, where he would, such a small man in stature, and uh, uh, only maybe about five, two or three, but he'd hold his head so high and challenge the world for Mahaprabhu. I tell you frankly, in my experience, and I had plenty of it, he was very unassuming. If he put himself forward, see, Radhika puts herself forward also, because she knows, I can do it. No one else can at this point. Because I can satisfy Krishna here. Everyone step aside. Step aside. He knew. He knew, I can do this for my Guru Maharaj. He made a prayer when he came across the ocean. He made a prayer. In that prayer he said, Oh, my dear friend Krishna. Hmm? He's known uh, that if Radharani is happy with you, your life will be successful. Dhruva Ati, like Dhruva, Dhruva is the pole star, said to be fixed and everything orbiting around that. It is fixed forever. It will never change. This is a fact of life. If Radharani is, Radharani is happy with you, oh, then that you will get punya. That will be good for you. This is a fact. He's talking to Krishna, just like Subal. He said, my guru is from Sri Rupa's group and she wants to do the bidding of Radha in no small way. And he's asked me to come to the uh, foreign land. This is his Guru Nishta. Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur wrote in a letter to him when he asked in a letter himself if he could have any seva, he was living outside of the mission itself as a householder. And Guru Maharaj Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sasti Thakur wrote to him, it would be good for you to preach in English. He made a suggestion. Prabhupada used to say, my Guru Maharaj ordered me to preach in English. This is how he took it. One few sentences from his Guru, he took like his life and soul. He said, my only success, I've taken the order of my Guru Maharaj to heart. He came to America. At an old age, it's not easy to live, leave Vrindavan. Well, you know the story, but if you don't mind, I will <laughs> tell, my, tell it again. Hmm? He left. The fellow told me, what is the position of your Gurudev? He, he, he has come to America to live instead of doing Madhukari, living in Vrindavan like a real Goswami, like a real renunciate. What a thing to say to someone <laughs> hmm? in the first place. Even if you feel like that, why would you say that? Anyway, I told him, yeah, yes. he did some Madhukari there. He lived in Radhudamanar temple, 
taking his meal from the from the deity. Maybe not exactly Madhukari, but he came to America. There's a system there in the Braj. You know, you can get a chapati. It's it's there's a system for that. There's some sensibility. If the sadhu comes, if a babaji comes and begs, he will get. A godbrother of mine was doing Madhukari. <laughs> he told me. <laughs> He said, yes, I am doing Madhukari, living in Vrindavan. I said, well, that is very nice. And uh, he said, do you know this place? He mentioned one place. I think it was in Barsana area. I said, yes. He said, Madhukari is very good there. I said, you are not doing Madhukari, Prabhu. <laughs> <laughs> he was thinking, you can get chapatis there. <laughs> it's, people are generous. That is not Madhukari. He used to go like a bee and take honey from one flower, one flower, one flower. It means to live, uh, what it is, sharanagati, um, depending upon Krishna. Kuptitvevaranam tatha. Anyway, my Prabhupada came to America. There's no system for getting chapatis here. Hmm? <laughs> he had never seen snow and cold weather and so forth. He said, I got off the boat, I didn't know whether to turn left or right. Somebody had sponsored him. He did find his way to that person's house. And he was getting chapatis there. They would provide for him. He would cook and so forth. And, but he was not satisfied there. He didn't come to America to find a comfortable place. He left there. He had a place. He could have stayed there. He went to Manhattan. He lived in the Bowery. That's not a very friendly place and not a very respectable place. He living from place to place. Who would give him a place to stay, practically? But Krishna gave him power, and that's what he prayed for on the boat. He said, give me some power, Krishna. My Gurudev, who is representing Radha's camp, has asked me to do this, to come to the Western world and preach the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is dear to you. In order to do that, I need some power. So if you give me the power, Radharani will be pleased for you, with you. And if Radharani is pleased with you, then your life will be successful. This was his thinking. This is very simple, but it is the heart of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Krishna gave him power. You can't deny that. He had power. He had power. For me, when I saw Prabhupada the first time, Tears streamed down my eyes and Krishna Nam came out of my mouth. It is said that we will judge a Vaishnav by his, what is that saying? That um, upon seeing, you are reminded of Krishna. Krishna Nam comes to your, to your tongue. He was such that if you saw his disciples, you would say, Hare Krishna. There are the Hare Krishnas. It was a very extraordinary thing that took place that time. He could come in the room and fill everyone with uh, ecstasy. This is my personal experience. Now, he wrote in a hurry, no doubt. He wrote in a hurry. <laughs> so many things. This is another point. Uh, we may be expert in explaining the tattva. We may not be. We may do it in a hurry. But if we have a feeling for Krishna consciousness, and we can inspire others, uh, we have something. Krishna shakti vinenahi parapravartana. But well, Krishna gave him that shakti. Whole temples were being built and hundreds of devotees in places he never went. So there was a good side to that. 
what were the ramifications, the downside of that? And was he in, that, in us, his followers, were we um, uh, abusing this um, mandate, of the, violating this mandate of the scripture that, yes? Is in particular what I meant with the, uh, with the downside is that when, I mean, of course, when there is a person who is very powerful and very inspired, he can do. practically do many kinds of things, but when a beginner, like a neophyte person who has mm. very fragile faith himself, goes out and hammers the message of bhakti down to his throats, mm. uh, so that, that mm. generally leaves both the person who is the object of preaching and the preacher himself feeling not so very good about the whole. Yeah, so there are ramifications. Yeah. And therefore, the Hare Krishnas are not very popular. <laughs> so, some, some, some mistake there. Huh? Yes, it is. and I'm trying to rectify that. <laughs> I'm doing my part. <laughs> I sold many books. I it was pretty nice to people. Pretty compelling presentation I had. But uh, so there, are, there are certainly. Uh, ramifications of that, but for that, but but um, you know, in the wake of that, then we are there, so that it's created some service for us, and to, to learn from that, and make a more mature presentation. Now, in those days, then we were pretty young, and we didn't, we did, we tried to please our guru. <laughs> That's all, and and he was, he could have been more pleased with us. We could have done it better, but we couldn't do it better. <laughs> But then after his disappearance, of course, then I, there were many discrepancies, and, and, and there are today also. And this is very unfortunate. It embarrasses me whenever I hear one of my godbrothers who has taken the servants to guide others has not uh, lived up to that, um, those responsibilities. I um, personally apologized uh, uh, to anyone who's had that, uh, that experience. Hmm. I identify with it because they are my godbrother. We are from the same, coming from the same guru. So, anyway, I don't know if I've satisfied you with my, my reply, but yes, there are ramifications. We should not do like that. We, actually, preaching should be the overflow of our own Krishna consciousness. What you you can you can only give what you have, really. And it, I I told the other day that I gave a lecture not long ago and. There was a mixed crowd of initiated devotees, and some of them my godbrothers and godsisters, and new people also, who were uninitiated and unfamiliar. So I tried to speak in a way that everyone would be benefited. And I spoke from Bhagavad Gita. And after the talk, one of the initiated devotees said, Maharaj, uh, uh, isn't it, uh, uh, you didn't say anything about the Hare Krishna mantra, about chanting. And isn't that, you know, important? And I realized at the time, my realization was, she thinks that these lectures are just to bring new people in. That's all they're for, that she doesn't have anything to learn from them. Yes, I know that. Yes, I heard that, and so forth. And I can speak pretty well to devotees, especially um, devotees from ISKCON. I know them. I know their psychology, everything. And I have some, by the grace of my guru, some understanding, some knowledge. I can speak pretty well about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There was much that she could have learned from that if she wasn't just thinking, this is for new people. He's not talking. Instead of listening to me, she's thinking, when's he going to say Hare Krishna? And that they should chant Hare Krishna. And that's the Maha Mantra. And that's the Yuga Dharma. And, and this way she's preoccupied with 
spreading Krishna consciousness everywhere but here. Hmm? Opening temples everywhere but forgetting her own heart. A, a fellow from Miskan, which is a great you know, preaching movement in, in, in some respects, came to me, and I haven't been involved in 20 years in, 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 in International Society for Krishna Consciousness. He came to me in Vrindavan and he told me he had this plan, <laughs> this big plan for spreading Krishna consciousness. He was going on and on about it. And I was looking and I said, you're never going to realize anything of this plan. I told him, yeah, I've got a bigger plan for you. He said, a bigger plan? You have a bigger plan than that? I said, yes. I said, open a temple in your heart. It's <laughs> a big plan. Try it. It's very difficult. So, yes, you can get Krishna consciousness from spreading Krishna consciousness. That's true. But the way to spread Krishna consciousness is what you have gotten, that you give. Speak according to your realization. Encourage people by your example. To be honest, in the very beginning days of, of ISKCON, at least when, for me, when I, when I joined, there was some preaching going on, but the devotees were very much uh, self, uh, self-absorbed, if you will, in, in, in their, their practices. And um, we had a system. This was in the Los Angeles temple that if a new person came, we had them sleep in the van outside. Sounds a little crude, and it was, but... <laughs> sleep in the van and come to the programs morning and evening, and if you're... then for a week, and then we'll know you're really interested, and then we'll talk to you. <laughs> so... So... It wasn't so much, you know, trying to beat them over the head to join, but it did turn into that, unfortunately. And now it's sometimes in different missions, it may be like that. And, and, and we should, by our example, we should be so absorbed in Krishna consciousness that people ask us, what are you about? Why are you the way you are? And I would like to be like that. That is... Uh, Mahaprabhu was teaching. He said that uh, we should preach by example. Mahaprabhu, his lila is called, uh, especially his sannyas lila, acharya lila. So he, he, he's an acharya, but he didn't write any commentaries. Even his shikshastakam, it's not one poem, in here and there. Kaviraj Goswami brought it all together. And subsequently, acharyas have, have spoken of it, written on it as a gradation and all the things that are found there. But... Uh, Mahaprabhu didn't sit down to write one eight stanza poem. But he was a charger in the sense that he taught by his example and expected us to do the same. So, bhaktiya sanjataya bhaktiya. Only bhakti can give bhakti. It's not about stealing people's money and hitting them over the head and making them take a book and think, I got his money, he would have spent it for sense gratification, he's better off now. Not like that. Those are, hopefully, those times have passed. So, anything else? Yes? Maybe that's the reason why you left ISKCON at that time. There are many reasons why I left (laughs) ISKCON. That is one of the reasons, actually. I was very... uh, Prabhupada told me that... He personally told me the first time he invited me to come to India and spend time with him, he told me, every year you you go and uh, you have some success in preaching, so go and circulate around and preach. And every year you come and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan. So I did that. 
faithfully and happily, and that I would live for that all year to spend one month with Prabhupada and hear his talk and and I was a little eager and uh, they would always make that announcement Prabhupada in Mayapur Prabhupada is going on the morning walk only the GBCs and sannyasis should come nobody else but I went anyway (laughs) (laughs) and Prabhupada would always ask me oh so Triprari what are the people saying what are they saying because you know I was always talking with the common people then I would give him some argument and he would defeat the argument and that's why I took sannyasi actually because I was tired of that feeling being made to feel uncomfortable by the sannyasis in the GBC. I went. I didn't care. But I thought, oh, I have to put up with this. These people giving me this vibe that you're not supposed to be here. It's my guru. What do you mean I'm not supposed to be here? I, I mean, it was, there was some sense to that, too. Everyone couldn't just follow him. But laws are meant to be broken, too. So some people can break them, and it's okay. Prabhupada had accepted me in, the, in that, uh, on those walks. So anyway, I thought, I take sannyas, and I... One time I went to see Prabhupada and the one fellow put his foot out. He was guarding the door, put his foot out. Why are you going there? And Prabhupada was ill. I said, I'm going to see my guru. He said, but uh, you, you would just go and touch his feet and, and contaminate him with your karma, he told me. And I jumped over his leg. I jumped over his leg. I said, he already taken my karma. <laughs> I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> and then I went to Prabhupada was, of course, very happy to see me. At that time, then others started to come, this one occasion. Prabhupada was very kind to me. And he said, uh, and, and, and my godbrother Ramaswar Prabhu, he came and brought up, you don't mind me telling these, some of these stories, I hope, a brochure, and it was the first time it had been printed, a brochure that told how many books of Prabhupada had been distributed in how many languages, so many in English, so many in Finnish, so many in Spanish, <laughs> and so on. And there was like 64 thousand or million books, I don't know what it was, a huge number. So Prabhupada was very pleased and, and and Prabhupada thought, people are really liking this. He didn't know sometimes that that people sometimes didn't like it, but they got the book anyway. <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, after it was all finished, he dismissed everyone and then he called me back. He said, come back. And he pointed to 64 million, he said, this is all your credit. Thank you for that. I told Prabhupada, you gave me some service only. So many others are involved. You know, that was your credit. Well, he was very generous with me, very kind to me. Now I'm drifting. What is my point? Or I left this gun, yeah. So I could get close to him. No. <laughs> they were getting in the way. <laughs> but I would go then to Mayapur after he left the world. And and there, the, the leading uh, men, as it was, would give the talks. And I was accustomed to going to my poor hearing Prabhupada's talk, which I liked very much. And their talks were, at that time, to be honest with you all, and so, we would go out and take over the world for Krishna. And it was just like a cheerleading type of session in that. Where's the Bhagavad? This is the Bhagavad. You're not telling what... Where, where this verse is, why it's falling here, what, what follows it, what chapter it's in, what's being said, who's speaking it, what's the essence of that. And I thought, oh, I didn't come for this. this is a, I was a, I'm a faithful type, you know, so I tried to remain chaste to the mission as far as I could, but uh, it was intolerable at a certain point, to be frank with you. And uh, meanwhile, 
across the river. But Maharaj was speaking things, and I didn't go because we were told, well, you don't need to go, the leaders are going. So I don't know, the leaders are going. I have my senior god brothers, I'll take advice from them. But I would hear some tidbit here and there. I thought, that's philosophy over there. That is a, he's speaking about Shastra. So I was attracted. So, anyway. Prabhupada had also told me I was massaging his feet in uh, late October of 1977, just a few weeks before he left the world. And my Gabbada Tamal Krishnamur said, Prabhupada, uh, it's possible that you might leave now. And what will we do? How will we perform the funeral rites? What are the details? Prabhupada said, but that you can see in Narayan Maharaj of Mathura. So Tamal Krishnamur, he said, and it was a thoughtful question on his part. It kind of surprised me because we would have never ordinarily thought of that. Prabhupada was everything to us. He was a father to us, and a guide in every way. Anyway, Samal Krishnamar said, is there anyone else we can talk to after you leave? And he said, for philosophy, my god brother Bhirashrita Maharaj of Navadvip. So he introduced him to us in that capacity. Philosophy means siksha, siksha guru. When I went there, I was nourished there. And my story is, in short, Sridhar Maharaj told me, go out and do something. Your Guru Maharaj wanted you to preach, and so you should go out and start a mission. I will be there in the background to help. You should go out and start something. He wanted that of you. If you feel that the other mission is not giving you life, and that you can better uh, find, fulfill what you deem to be uh, the uh, ideal of your uh, Guru Maharaj, live up to that separate, then try it. Go for it. And I will help you in every way that I can. So, anyway, so I, I began. So I was a little... Uh, yeah, I left to be closer to Prabhupada. That was my thinking. But I don't mean to say that uh, that uh, people who are in Iskand and are happy that they should leave or anything like that. Uh, so what else? Any other thought? Yes? If you would like to give a, a um, lecture about book distribution in two minutes, would you like to do that now? <laughs> 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 I haven't given one of those in a long time. Lecture about book distribution. <laughs> lecture about book distribution. Yeah. Are you a book distributor? I have been. Lately I have not distributed very much about coming in my I'll tell you something, honestly. I used to be asked to give lectures about book distribution in ISKCON, especially Ramaswar used to ask me, force me, intimidate me to give lectures about book distribution. And I'll be very honest with you, I didn't like it at all in terms of what he wanted me to tell people, which was, how do you get the book in their hand and what is the technique? And they used to say that the trip primary, she was a used car salesman before he joined. That's why he's such a good bookseller. But I had no experience selling anything or doing anything of any consequence um, when I was a young boy when I joined. And I, I had no job or anything like that. And I dropped out of school. I dropped out of school to pursue yoga and spiritual life. So, anyway, drifting in those days like young people did in the United States. 
at any rate, when I would be asked to give a talk about a book distribution, what I like to talk about, what I wanted to talk about, and what I tried to talk about and did talk about to the disappointment of people like Ramaswar, my dear friend, <laughs> is, is what the book said, what's in the books, what made them worth uh, distributing, what, ex what excited me about that. It was the philosophy. You showed Anandan Maharaj and Guru Kripa Maharaj, they had a party of brahmacharis. They dragged me in once and said, tell them how you do this. How you get out there and you, you collect that money, you know, and sell the books. And so I began to talk to them, and, and then they were nice in a sense. They, and they, after they finished, they said, yeah, that's what it is. It's about yoga, isn't it? You've got to practice. And first they were thinking I had to give them some you know, technique or something like that. I told Prabhupada once, I said, you know, wherever I go, Prabhupada, they're asking me how do you sell the books. He said, what do you tell them? I said, I said, I, I tell them that you have to follow the practices very sincerely and study the books. He said, that is our only secret. That is our only secret for selling the book. He was very happy with me. So this is my lecture to you about book distribution. <laughs> Read the book. <laughs> Read the book, then you become inspired. Then you want to share it with someone. That's natural. That's what I used to do, too, before the whole thing became very... Uh, formalized and official and uh, there were newsletters about books being sold and how many. There was nothing like that going on. I was a, a lone person in the Los Angeles temple who would go out every day and try to sell books. Others were working in an incense factory and, other, and doing deity worship and so forth. On the weekends, some other people would go out. But I had no talents. I thought, I'd like to talk to people about Krishna. Maybe it's not very you know, much desired by everybody or it's not a very important thing, but that's what I like to do. So, of course, it was desired and I didn't know the philosophy enough to know that, but what I read, I like to talk about. So I'd go on the bus and talk to people and and uh, and so on. Anyway, but I would go before the deity in the morning after the program and I would chant japa until I became inspired. And then I would go out. That was my system. So Krishna Consciousness will, will spread Krishna Consciousness. Anything else? All right, so maybe... Uh, oh, yeah? I don't know if I can tell a story. Please, please. He likes to hear. Boreantas Parasparam. When I was Brahmacharini, some years ago, we had a, in Montreal... We had a tape and you were talking about book distribution. It was like we did not know who you were really, but like that. And I, I just remember this story. It's, it's many years ago. I think you were at the door of a mall. In Canada, we do that often, shopping center, the door. And you were there in the door of a shopping center. And you said you did not have to say anything. <laughs> that people were just coming and giving and coming and giving and, and you did not have to say anything. <laughs> you, you were just uh, blowing a little bit. Or, yeah, uh, so I remember that. Yeah. And you were telling this story. <laughs> it was very uh, special, like in another word, like, do you want coming? What's happening? See, I had some practical experience. Of, of what Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was talking about when he coined the phrase Brihat Madanga, some kind of dynamic idea of kirtan. I had 
much experience, good uh, blessing in the middle of an airport or a street. I would be somewhere else. Sometimes I would become unable to talk to the people. Uh, that occasion that you mentioned was in uh, Los Angeles in the um, shopping centers. We were going out and a long time and I, when I would when I would distribute the book, I would meditate on the deity. I have some had some capacity in the beginning to think of the form of Krishna, so I would be able to arrest the form dharana in my mind of the deity, and I would go over the outfits, what he was wearing from top to Radha, Radha Krishna from head to toe. In those days, they had about seven outfits in Los Angeles. So I knew each outfit and every ornament. So I would meditate on that and capture it in my mind, and then I would talk to them about the book relative to their level of interest. I always I have to say something philosophical or something about uh, in a way that to me had a meaning that was deeper than than to them perhaps. But anyway, I would I got yes very absorbed. So if you can get absorbed like that, then I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak, and uh, and they would uh, and uh, tears would come to my eyes, and I would approach them, and they would look at me, and they would just think, he has something he wants to tell us. <laughs> something he wants to tell us. It's a good thing. And it, I should take the book from him. <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> you know, he's, he's crying. <laughs> I don't know what they thought. You know, so somebody wants him. To, he wants. He has to give out the book. Nobody's taking it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Can I give you something? It wasn't always like that, but sometimes, like that. <laughs> I remember once, and I went to the Chicago airport. <laughs> For the first time, it was the biggest airport in the United States at that time. It was the hub where all the airports, airplanes would come. And so I was always, previous to that, selling books in secular clothing because it was illegal in the airports. But in Chicago, they had a law that allowed you to sell the books. So I was so happy to go out in the devotional dress. I never wanted to wear any secular dress. I was, it was very foreign to me. I thought I'd put on the dress of a devotee. I'm not a devotee, but I dressed like one anyway. Putin dressed like one. And Krishna accepted her. So here I got to go out and dress like a devotee and talk to the people. And it was so, so many people, and it was so busy. It was, it was a good field. This was a long t- time ago. And so I thought, I want to distribute 108 books. That was my goal, I thought. And we used to carry a book bag full of these books, and they were in the lockers downstairs. And I remember once Prabhupada came to Chicago, and we greeted him, and we came through, and on the way out, we were walking, he stopped in front of these lockers, he said, what are those? And they were all filled with Srimad Bhagavatam, inside of where we used to keep them. What is, the, what is that? Some of the boys said, oh, those are lockers, Prabhupada. Other boys said, those are the books inside the lockers. Like, oh, he just nodded. So at any rate, I, we, I would carry the books from the locker downstairs, upstairs, and I was counting, each bag was like ten books and ten books, and time was going on and on and on, and then I lost track of counting and caring about I wanted to discern a number of books and so forth. This way I just became unable to talk. Another occasion like this I remember and people and I was tears in my eye, people would take the book. I thought and I'm thinking such a wonderful thing. I got some uh Kripa in doing that. So it's if you do it right, what Bhakti Sandasasti Thakur taught is works, it's good. <laughs>
That is my personal experience. So let me stop there. You have some prashant to everyone? Jai Grantadas Simit Bhagavatam ki jai. Si Krishna Arjun ki jai. Simit Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Grantaraj si Chaitanya, Granta Samrat si Chaitanya Chiritamrat ki jai. Jai si Bhakti Vidanta Shami Prabhupad ki jai. Si Bhakti Rakshak Siddhadiv Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthati Thakur Prabhupad ki jai. Si Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai. Sab Paribar ki jai. Sab Vaishnav Brinda ki jai. Govit Pramanande. Hari Hari.